Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, a primitive Baptist ministry declaring the good news of the finished work of salvation by grace alone. This program is brought to you weekly by Elder Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. Stay tuned for today's message. Good morning and welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. We're thankful to have you tuned in with us here today. And this is Elder David Wise with you. And I'm the pastor at Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. And we share time on this program with Elder Joe Nettles, who's the pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi. And if you happen to be in the North Mississippi area, we would certainly love to have you come out and worship with us in Ackerman or in Caledonia. Both of us meet at 10.30 a.m. every Sunday morning, and we would love to have you come out and see us. And if you happen to be in another location, you can go to our website, gospel-of-grace.com, and hopefully you can find a Primitive Baptist Church that is close to you. You can also go to macedonia-pbc.org to get some more information and resources, sermons, writings, articles, books regarding the Primitive Baptist, and we hope that those can be a blessing for you. Today on the program, we'd like to continue our consideration of Jesus Christ in the law, and last time we looked at the priesthood, and today we'd like to zoom in on the great high priest and his roles in representation, but especially his garments. We see so much representation in the garments that were prepared for the great high priest pointing toward Jesus Christ as our great high priest. So we hope the Lord will bless our consideration of that this morning. We hope you can stay with us here on the program and we'll play that message for you right after this song.
Good morning and welcome again to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. This is Elder David Wise here with you this morning. And we've been spending time during my alternating weeks on the program looking at the Old Testament law. And sometimes that law can get tedious, but all of the Old Testament scriptures are testifying of Jesus Christ. And if we're looking appropriately, Jesus Christ just jumps off the pages of the law. And the law is not boring at all. It's very exciting. It's very exciting to see Jesus Christ in all of these Old Testament laws and procedures and sacrifices, and we hope that the Lord will bless us to shed some light on that where you can be excited to read Leviticus, right? You can be excited to read those Old Testament primary four books of the law that can somewhat get tedious, but look for Jesus Christ because those scriptures of the Old Testament law, they certainly testify of Jesus Christ. So we talked last time about the priesthood and how Jesus Christ chose us out as Levites. We are kings and priests before God, a holy and a royal priesthood. We have been washed and anointed and appointed to offer spiritual sacrifices, a living sacrifice in the tabernacle of our body. And we hope that that was instructive for you. Today, we'd like to focus on the great high priest. And if we look back at the Old Testament, if you remember, Moses was chosen by the Lord to redeem Israel out of Egyptian bondage. And they come out of bondage and he appoints Aaron of the tribe of Levi, right? That he appoints Aaron as the great high priest. They set up the tabernacle, and it's Aaron's responsibility to represent all of God's people, all of God's chosen people of Israel. It was his responsibility to represent them before the Lord for the purpose of sacrifices for the remembrance of sins. Now, we know through the lens of Hebrews and through the lens of the New Testament that those sacrifices did not put away sin. They only rolled forward sin for another year, but the sacrifice of those bulls and goats were pointing toward the sacrifice of the blood of the Lamb of God who acted as our great high priest as Jesus Christ to pay the penalty for our sin, right? So we can examine the responsibilities of the great high priest. And as we do, we can see Jesus Christ so clearly as our great high priest. And we hope the Lord will bless us in considering that this morning. If you look at the book of Hebrews, that book makes it very clear that Jesus Christ is our great high priest. And we could spend all of our time in the book of Hebrews, and that would be a beautiful study. But I want to highlight just a few descriptions of Christ in the book of Hebrews as our great high priest. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 17, he's described as a merciful and faithful high priest. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 1, he is the apostle and high priest of our profession. We have a description in Hebrews chapter 4 of Christ as our high priest, and the language is a little backward with some double negatives and such, so if you'll kind of allow me to put it in just plain language, we do have a high priest that can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. So in other words, this great high priest that went in to represent us before God, it's not just that he went in on the Day of Atonement to pay the penalty for our sins in an eternal sense 
sense. It's that, that that high priest knows what it's like to be a man, right? He knows what it's like to be tired and to need sleep and to weep over a loved one and to be persecuted for righteousness sake and to be forsaken of all of his friends and to be, be betrayed by a close confidant. He knows about all of that. And we have a high priest that when we come to him in prayer, he's not just a, a segregated, holy high priest that doesn't understand. No, he knows, right? He knows the struggles of this world because he was tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. So we can have confidence and boldness of him that he cares too. We saw that in chapter 2 and verse 17. He's a merciful and faithful high priest. He cares. He's not just a cold representative. He cares about those that he represents. We have this long discussion in the book of Hebrews that Jesus is a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. He didn't come out of Levitical priesthood. He came from the tribe of Judah, not the tribe of Levi. But instead, he was a high priest, our great high priest, after the order of Melchizedek, who was both a king and a priest, the king of Salem, the king of peace. And that's an entirely another discussion of Jesus Christ as the high priest after the order of Melchizedek, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, an eternal type figure that just showed up and then vanished off of the scene, being the king of peace. So his rightful heirs as our great high priest is not that he came from the tribe of Levi. His rightful heirs, our spiritual great high priest, is that he came of the order of Melchizedek. We have a description of Christ in Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 1 that he's a high priest who sits on the right hand of God. If someone's going to make intercession for you, it's good that they have firsthand right-hand access, right? Jesus Christ is not having to wait in line and set an appointment with God the Father to make intercession for us. No, he has direct access right there on his right hand. It's not that he only has office hours a couple hours a week. No, he has perpetual, immediate access to God the Father on his right hand. Uh, he's also described in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 1 as a high priest of good things to come. So we have this consistent, beautiful depiction in the book of Hebrews, especially, of Jesus Christ as our high priest. And by the way, side note, we've been spending a lot of time in Jesus Christ in the law, and we've not had time to really dig into this in the book of Hebrews. But if if you want almost an exposition on Jesus Christ in the law in the Old Testament, just read the book of Hebrews. The Apostle Paul, who I believe the Spirit moved to pen this epistle to Hebrews that were struggling with reconciling the Old Testament and the New Testament, struggling to reconcile the law and grace, he gives them this beautiful picture that, listen, Christ was the fulfillment of everything you believe in. So you don't have to deny or give up the law to accept Christ. No, Christ is the fulfillment of everything you've believed. So Hebrews is almost an exposition of the entire Mosaic law that everything we've been talking about. So as you study the Levitical law, study the book of Hebrews along with it, and you will just see the beautiful pictures of Jesus Christ. And one of the most glaring and one of the most heavily emphasized aspects of Christ and the law is his role as our great high priest to represent us before God. So let's look at the Old Testament high priest to examine how the Old Testament high priest was emblematic of Christ to come. First of all, we find that it was God that chose him, right? 
God chose Aaron. They didn't have a vote. There were some people that felt like that wasn't fair. And they decided to question Aaron's rightful authority as the great high priest, and that did not end well for them and the sons of Korah. It ended up very poorly with them being swallowed up in the earth. So it was God's chosen person to represent all of God's people. Now, it's also very important to understand that Aaron did not represent the whole world, right? Aaron represented God's chosen elect people. He didn't represent Gentiles. He didn't represent Ninevites. He didn't represent those in the land of Canaan. Aaron, as the great high priest, represented God's chosen people of the tribes of Israel. He was chosen by God to represent God's people. And as they were establishing him in that role, they anointed him with holy oil. Now, this is described in Exodus chapter 30. You have a description of the ingredients of this holy oil. You have 500 shekels of pure myrrh. Think about the things that were brought to Jesus when he was a babe as the wise men came to see him. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Well, you have myrrh here in this holy anointing oil that's used to anoint the great high priest. You also have cinnamon and calamus and a hen of holy oil. This holy anointing oil was supposed to be used to anoint the different vessels in the tabernacle as well. It cannot be used upon any man's flesh other than the high priest. And we have this consistent theme in the Old Testament of anointing and anointing of priests, but also the anointing of kings. Think about Saul and David and Solomon being anointed with oil. And that points us toward Christ, not just as our priest, but as our king, right? That's what was unique about Melchizedek as being both a king and a priest. And those were two roles that could not be commingled. That was one of the Old Testament kings. I think it may have been Uzziah, possibly, that tried to commingle that. And he was condemned. And I think, if I remember correctly, he became a leper because of that. There was a, a clear distinction between kings and priests. And what was significant about Melchizedek is that he was both a king and a priest, and rightfully so, both a king and a priest. So Christ is our great high priest. And he's anointed as our great high priest, but also he's anointed as our king, right? He's anointed as our king. He's anointed as the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And the Old Testament description of the Messiah, the word Messiah means anointed one. And then you have the translation from Old Testament to New Testament. The New Testament Greek, Christos, which is translated as Christ, Jesus Christ, means Jesus Christ, the anointed one. Jesus is his given name which means Savior, but Christ is his title as the anointed one. So when we say Jesus Christ, he is the anointed Savior, you see. So he was the anointed one as both the great high priest, but also the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Another important point about the great high priest is that he could not have any blemish in him. He couldn't serve in the holiest of holies. That was very important. The sacrifices that you brought animals without blemish, but the great high priest he couldn't be crippled. He couldn't have all of these genetic abnormalities. If he had that, it went to another of the sons of Aaron. So he had to be perfectly without blemish. And obviously that's pointing us toward the sinless son of God, Jesus Christ. So all priests wore certain garments. 
And then the high priest had more garments that he wore. So every priest wore white garments. They would wear undergarments, which is linen breeches from the loins into the thighs. You'd wear a tunic. Then you'd have a girdle, which is pretty much your belt. And then you'd have a mitre, which is a turban for your head. But then on top of that, the high priest as a Levite, he wore those things as well. But then he had special garments special garments that the high priest had that no other priest had. And we're gonna look at these garments, but I also want you to pay attention as we go through these, the five colors that are used in each of these garments. First of all, white, which gives the idea of purity and righteousness. Then you have gold of wealth and power and authority. You have blue, which is heavenly things, the color of the sky, making us look up to God. You have purple, which is very expensive and very costly back in these days. And only royalty would have that. So you have royalty and riches and power in the purple color. That also makes us think about the purple robe that was put on Jesus as he was mockingly described as the king of the Jews. But it was kings that would wear purple. And Jesus, as the king of the Jews, did wear purple. Then you have scarlet, which speaks of sin and blood and the blood that Christ shed for us, that Jesus returns. One of the pictures of him returning is that he has a robe dipped in blood or a dipped in scarlet, if you will. But one of the things that's very important about these five colors is that they're all inner woven together, right? So you have purity, you have riches, you have power, you have a heavenly nature, you have the authority as the king, but then you also have the picture of Christ's blood. You have all those interwoven together in this amazing fabric, which is a beautiful picture of how Christ was all of those things in one. He was both all God and all man. He was very God of very gods. He was 100% man and also 100% God, all interwoven together into one piece of fabric, which is Christ interwoven together in one man as both the Son of God and the Son of Man. So the first thing that we have described, this is in Exodus chapter 28 and a few other places as well, you have the blue robe of the ephod. So this was an outer robe and it was all blue, all blue, pointing toward Christ's heavenly origin. You have a blue ribbon that was placed on the borders of the garments and on the border of this. You have this depiction of Christ putting on us a robe of righteousness. We're given his robe of righteousness. We're given his heavenly nature, which is depicted by blue in the robe. You have the pomegranates of blue and purple and scarlet down at the bottom of this robe. You have alternating tassels and you have alternating pomegranate shaped tassels and then a bell. So you have a pomegranate and then a bell. And as the high priest moved, you could hear him moving because of the bells that were on this blue robe of the ephod. And then you have the specific ephod, which is a vest. So the fabric of the ephod and the breastplate that we're gonna talk about in just a moment, they were woven with gold and blue and purple and scarlet and white linen. Now on this vest, on this vest, you had two shoulder pieces and they were joined together with golden chains. You have two ox engraved gemstones on the shoulders set in ouches of gold. And then you have engraved on those two gemstones, the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. So think about Aaron as our great high priest, 
pointing toward Christ, on his shoulders, he is carrying all of God's chosen people of the Israelites. And he's carrying them, particularly we're going to be pointing toward the Day of Atonement, where he goes into the holiest of all to sprinkle blood on the mercy seat for the remembrance and the remission of sins. So we have Christ as our representative going before the Lord with the names of all of his people written on both the ephod and going to be written on the breastplate as well. And I love how it gives this picture here of Christ carrying us on his shoulders. We have many descriptions of us casting our burden upon the Lord. Come unto me, all you labored or heavy laden, and take my yoke upon me. Because Christ's yoke is easy and his burden is light. It describes Christ as carrying our griefs and our sorrows. He's carrying us on his shoulder. These were made from an ox stone, which is a green color. Then you have the breastplate, the breastplate of judgment. And here you have four square, and you have on one row three different gemstones, sardis, topaz, carbuncle, emerald, sapphire, diamond, liger, agate, amethyst, beryl, ox, jasper. And all of these are supposed to be describing, and all of these are supposed to be, again, depicting God's people because you have 12 different stones set in gold for every one of the people of God, which also is a side note you will find quite a few of those same jewels in Revelation chapter 21 in New Jerusalem in the stones of that city, which is a very interesting comparison. So you have the, the names of God's people on both Jesus' shoulders, on the vest, and then you have the names of God's people close to his heart. And that's beautiful, isn't it? There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God. So we are on Jesus' breastplate, right? We're right there close to his heart. And then you have this breastplate that's kind of folded in half, so to say, and that creates a pocket. And within that pocket, you had two stones, which is called the Urim and the Thummim, which is a very interesting two stones that is kind of mysterious in the Word of God. You have these different depictions in various places where Urim and Thummim are used to divine God's will and to discern God's will in certain situations. But that was the place that was appointed for the Urim and the Thummim to be put in that fold, which is right behind the breastplate, which again is a beautiful picture of how the Holy Spirit moves and guides us in God's will, and it's so closely connected to God's people right there being close to us as the Urim and the Thummim. And then we obviously think about the breastplate and Jesus Christ putting on a breastplate of righteousness and giving us then that breastplate of righteousness. It was originally a breastplate of judgment, but now in the New Testament, it's a breastplate of righteousness because we have Christ imputed righteousness. And there's a beautiful picture of that breastplate of righteousness in Isaiah chapter 59, verses 16 to 17. And then we have a golden crown that was placed in front of the turban and attached to the forehead by two blue ribbons. And this crown was inscribed with the words, holiness to the Lord. So God is a loving God, but God is a holy God. And I love how 
God's people are represented as Jesus carrying us on his shoulders and in his heart, but right at the forefront of his mind, right as the crown above his head, is the holiness of the Lord. The holiness of the Lord. And the forefront of our minds, and right there on its forehead, describes our thoughts and our minds. First of all, we think about Christ being perfectly pure in his mind and all of his thoughts and all of his deeds. And then that crown describes God's holiness. Well, Jesus is described as being a holy one of Israel. He's described as a holy child that was born to Mary, being through the virgin birth. And then we see the picture of Jesus's return as he comes back, particularly in Revelation 14, as Jesus comes back to reap the earth, he comes back with a golden crown upon his head. So we have the garments of the high priest, the white tunic and the linen breeches. We have the five colors that are in all of these specific garments, the blue robe, the ephod, which is the vest. You have the breastplate of judgment or the blessed breastplate of righteousness. We have Christ carrying us on his shoulders and Christ carrying us close to his heart. And then you have the crown that represents the holiness of God. And we're gonna look at this in more depth in the future, but we have Jesus going into the holiest of holies, representing us on his shoulders and on his heart and coming in holiness and righteousness before him and shedding his own blood, sprinkling the blood of the lamb on the mercy seat. And now the veil of the temple has been rent in twain and we have direct access into him because our great high priest went before us to open the way to the holiest of all. So we have this beautiful picture of the representation of all of God's chosen elect people of Jesus going into the holiest of all to represent us. But one of the most important things to understand is number one, Aaron did not represent the whole world. He didn't represent Gentiles. He only represented God's elect chosen people. And God did not ask the consent of every single person in Israel if they were willing to accept Aaron as their high priest. No, he was ordained as their high priest and his role as their high priest was not contingent on their acceptance of Aaron to represent them. So understand, God does not offer salvation to anyone who's interested and willing to choose him. He came and secured salvation. That's one of the most important themes of the book of Hebrews is that Christ is our great high priest was a successful high priest. He did not offer salvation to those who were willing to accept him. He came in and he represented those who didn't care about being represented. He came in and he represented them and he finished the work of salvation. He bore our sins on him, on his shoulders and on his heart. And because of his work, we have been redeemed from all of our sin and iniquity because Christ is our great high priest, represented us before God the Father and the holiest of all in heaven. Praise God and amen, right? That Christ is our great high priest and he saved us from our sins in eternity. Praise God for that. But also he is a merciful and a faithful high priest. He can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. We can come unto him when we're burdened and stressed and sad and lonely and we can come unto our great high priest and he will be merciful and faithful unto us because if he saved us in eternity, obviously he will never forsake us here in time as well. So I hope that when you read the book of Hebrews, when you read the Old Testament, that you can see these beautiful pictures of Jesus Christ as our great high priest 
who came and bore our sins on his shoulders and on his heart to redeem us from all unrighteousness as he went into the holiest of all on that final day of atonement as he finished the work of salvation to atone for all of our sins. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Please continue to stay tuned as we search the scriptures to see the testimony of Jesus Christ in the Mosaic Law. We hope you have a very blessed Lord's Day. God bless. If you enjoy the messages you hear on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, we invite you to visit a Primitive Baptist Church in your area. Visit our website at gospel-of-grace.com to search for a Primitive Baptist Church near you, to listen to past messages online, and to find additional contact information. This program is also available on iTunes under podcasts with the title, The Gospel of Grace, a Primitive Baptist radio broadcast. If you enjoy our program, send us an email at gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. This program is produced by Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, Caledonia, Mississippi, and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, just north of Ackerman, Mississippi. Come and worship with us each Sunday morning at 1030 And tune in next week for another message from the Gospel of Grace. Until next time, we pray that God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord.